Good morning. May I invite you to open your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. I should like to use the New King James Version in our study this morning from Acts chapter 8. One unique value of the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit gives us accounts of conversions, written, documented accounts of conversions. And by conversions, I mean people making the choice to leave a life of sin, be forgiven, and live the rest of their lives as followers of Christ. In the religious world, there is a wide variety of ideas and teachings about how a sinner can make this choice. Denominations teach differently. If you were to do a search on the internet about what must I do to be saved, you would discover many conflicting answers. And so we say to people, why not just start here and stay here? Let the cases of conversion documented in the book of Acts inform you why wouldn't that be a good idea? Using the Bible as your first and only resource about how to make the choice to get out of sin and then live as a disciple of Christ. You may be aware that that is exactly what we're committed to doing here. On any subject that pertains to our relationship with God, we want to learn about that from the Word of God. So let's listen to this case of conversion documented here in the book of Acts and see what we learn in Acts chapter 8. I'm beginning at verse 26 and reading over through verse 40. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So, the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? 
Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. This is an account of a conversion documented in the Bible for us. Let's take a moment or two and go through this and see where it leads. The Lord sent an angel to Philip, the evangelist, to send him to the Ethiopian man. I need to remind us that this was very early in the proclamation of the gospel, and there was no completed New Testament at that time. The gospel was spread orally through men who were chosen and given the message, and the New Testament in this time was being written. Therefore, I will tell you, I have never received a call from an angel. I've read what the completed New Testament says, and it is my purpose in charge to convey what this book says faithfully. But also, I want to point out something. The angel only functioned here to send the preacher with the message to the man. It's a very important point. The angel only functioned here to send the preacher who had the message to the man. The angel did not serve as a direct agent of salvation. The angel directed Philip to the one who was traveling and searching, and Philip would deliver the message, the gospel. Now, I want to point out that in this narrative, there are other elements that do not directly pertain to conversion. That the man was a eunuch, that his work was with a court official, that he was in a chariot in a desert. These are what we call circumstances peculiar to the narrative. Circumstances peculiar to the narrative. But we infer clearly, you don't have to be in a desert to be converted. You don't have to have made a trip to Jerusalem to be converted. You do not have to work in a court, in a high government position to be converted. So we don't spend much time with those elements or circumstances that are peculiar to the narrative. Now, there's something in verse 28 that is not just a neutral circumstance. It relates directly to the conversion. The man was reading the prophet Isaiah. Now, by the time 
By the time you get to this part of the story, you begin to learn something about the man. More than just his location and his occupation and where he'd been. This is a man who wants to know more. This is a man filled with desire. He is anxious to learn about Jesus Christ. See, he had been to Jerusalem to worship, according to verse 27. And we don't know everything about that visit, but we know what the talk was in Jerusalem. The talk was of Jesus of Nazareth and all the events surrounding his life and his teaching and his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. This man wants to know more. Our impression is he wanted to know more and learn more. It is likely that while in Jerusalem he heard all of this about Christ as the Savior who fulfilled prophecy, and he is driven by the desire to know more. He's reading from the prophecies of Isaiah. Let me stop here and make a point. <coughs> what we see in this man, we look for in people. And what we see in this man needs to be in us. What I'm talking about now contains no profound wisdom at all or mystery or complexity. Do you know that the reason people don't search the scriptures and obey the gospel is there is not sufficient desire to search the scriptures and obey the gospel. What we see in the man needs to be in us and we need to look for this in others. So many people today are just satisfied in some sort of mild way with their present perceived relationship with God. And they are not interested in further study. And they may never open the Bible on a regular basis. They may, in fact, be consumed by the world. And beneath all of that, there is simply an absence of desire and motivation to learn more about their relationship with God, and to learn about Jesus Christ. The reason people don't search the Scriptures and obey the Gospel is an absence of sufficient desire to do so. This man illustrates a good quality that should be in us and we should look for in others. A man that desires to know the truth. And as you continue to read the story, you'll see he also wants to respond to the truth. He wanted help. And that brings us to Philip. Now we know why Philip was sent to him. Verse 30, Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet <clears throat> and asked him, Do you know or do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian man said, How can I? unless someone guides me. And he invited Philip to come up and join him in the chariot. They, they studied together this passage written by Isaiah the prophet. <clears throat> it's in Isaiah 53, verses 7 and 8, if you want to go back to the Old Testament and read it. It's quoted here. This is one of those places where Isaiah describes far in advance of the birth of Christ, His coming. And he describes the injustice 
and suffering that he would endure, very likely that the Ethiopian man heard about when he was in Jerusalem. Here it is in Isaiah 53, beginning at verse 7. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken. Now the man from Ethiopia wants to know more about all this. He's heard about Jesus And he's wanting to know the connection between Jesus and what he reads that Isaiah said would take place. Who is the prophet talking about? And at that point, Philip preaches the good news about Jesus. Now we do not have documented by Luke in this passage in Acts 8, every single word dictated and written that Philip said. But since the good news of the gospel is revealed before Acts 8 and after Acts 8, we know exactly what Philip preached. The gospel. Jesus came into the world born to a virgin, as prophecy said. He lived an absolutely pure, perfect life. He was the Son of God. And he died for our sins. Believing the truth about Jesus, any sinner can repent and be baptized so that sins are forgiven by the grace of God in response to the activity of faith. This is the message. This message is delivered to the Ethiopian and he responds as reported in verses 36 and 37. They went down the road and they came to some water and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. That's a response to the gospel. A response to the gospel. Documented by Luke. Now, I said to you earlier, let me repeat that, that this is a case of conversion. Think about what God is doing for us in this portion of His Word in the book of Acts. This is not just a list of rules to follow. This is an account of a real person, a real man who wanted to learn more about Christ and who, when presented the gospel as verified by Scripture, responded by being baptized. This makes the gospel personal. It makes it personal. The gospel is more than a list of conditions. It is about who Jesus is and what He did for us and what we can have when we respond. And Luke is telling us in the book of Acts that real people heard this message and they did what the apostles 
And the inspired evangelist said, the gospel is the story of what Jesus did for real people, <coughs> people who know their lives are not right, people who desire to know God and go to heaven. All through the book of Acts and in the epistles, there are stories of people like us, guilty of sin, wanting to know more, desiring to have God in their lives, and wanting to go to heaven. Keeping all of that in mind, there are three things I want to point out from this case of conversion. The sinner's first response was to read Scripture. What a valuable recommendation today. Here was a man who wanted to know more but didn't wait until arriving back home to consult his co-workers and to find out what the public was doing religiously and to talk to reputed religious leaders. He was urgent in his desire to know the Word of God and he had a copy of Scripture that included Isaiah, so he went to the source. <clears throat> he went to God's Word. The sinner's first response ought to be to read what God said. If you haven't become a Christian and you are suffering from guilt about your relationship with God, we're going to strongly recommend that you read what the Bible says about God and what He did in Christ on the cross and what you need to do in response. And please do not just read a verse or two here and a verse or two over there and maybe a few paragraphs later when you have time. Read the book. Read through the Bible. And it will be like a light shining in a dark place <coughs> to, <coughs> sorry, to lead you out of darkness. You will become acquainted with yourself as you stand before God in His Word. You will discover all God has done to save you, and you will know exactly the steps you need to take to become a Christian, and you'll know what you need to do once you become a Christian. The sinner's first response ought to be to read Scripture. What a valuable recommendation that is. For us to share with people we know who haven't obeyed the gospel. Now let's talk about us. Philip is an example for us in this way. He helped him. Here's an example of personal evangelism where a Christian helps a non-Christian read and study scripture. Can we do that? We should. We must. Let me speak to us now who are Christians. Are you sufficiently informed by Scripture that you can respond to your friends who need help? Why do we highly recommend repeatedly here at Laurel Heights all the time daily Bible reading? Over and over we recommend it. Why do we preach on Sunday nights? like we'll do at 5 o'clock here in a while. Why do we have Bible classes on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings? One reason is <clears throat> so that we all might be equipped 
to help others understand the truth about Christ, how to become a Christian, and how to be a Christian. Philip was informed. He was inspired to do this in that era before the New Testament was complete. We have the completed Old Testament and New Testament. Thus, we ought to be well equipped to help people understand the truth about Jesus Christ. We can send them to the source and we can talk to them about what it says and urge them to be baptized into Christ. It's personal evangelism. Number three, the converted Ethiopian went on his way rejoicing. Let's talk about that just a moment. Joy was not the cause of his salvation. Christ was. Christ was sent by the grace of God. Joy was the product, the result of his salvation. Once you know <clears throat> that you are right with God, <clears throat> I'm sorry again. Once you know that you are right with God, you have obeyed what His Word says. One of the most immediate results is joy. It is a joy that begins when you come up from the waters of baptism and it just grows and increases as you move toward death and judgment. The joy may not express itself in laughter all the time or smiling all the time. It is more a matter of deep, Seated confidence, knowing that God is your Father. You've been forgiven. And if you sin again, you can go back to Him through Christ and be forgiven upon your repentance. You now walk with Him, living as a disciple of Christ with good conscience and peace of mind. I think there are people who in their quiet moments are haunted by the reality that they are not right with God. It may be that one of the problems in our high-tech society is we never have quiet moments. <clears throat> Maybe we need to create quiet moments. And when people do that and move into that space of quiet, I think there are people who are haunted by the reality <clears throat> that they are not right with God. Perhaps not bothered enough to do anything. But really miserable. Knowing and thinking, if I should die, there would be horror to face. If that is your emotion, if that is your condition... This passage addresses that in a very dramatic narrative form. You can do what this man did as verse 39 reports, and you can go on your way rejoicing. You can do what this man did, and you can go on your way rejoicing. Now, it is not an automatic thing that you're going to read what this passage says, and the joy will be immediate. Listen to what I said. You can do what this man did in response to the gospel. 
and then go on your way rejoicing. And instead of being haunted in those quiet, dark places, there will be light in your mind and light that you walk in. Listen again, please. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and who had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So, the eunuch asked Philip and said, I ask you of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water... The Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. This is teaching true obedience to the gospel. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, this will be your opportunity while we stand together to sing. <clears throat>